You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. My vision, I wrote it down, made it plain as he told me, and I'm trusting him, and I'm going to be a good steward over what I got because small hinges open big doors. There you go. There you go, man. That's 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 excellent. So God, Brian, Brian made it plain and simple. Money is not your issue. That ain't as it. Long, as long as you're a good steward of what you have, you're gonna increase and you're gonna overflow. The We Love Equity Show is brought to you by Azria, widely recognized as an outstanding resource for real estate investors with exceptional education, networking, and support, along with profit-enhancing benefits and all aspects of real estate investing. Visit Azria at www.azria.org. That's visit Azria at www.azreia.org. Hello, hello, hello. We love Equity Real Estate Family. How are you guys doing today? Today, we're going to have another awesome episode. I always like to bring quality people to the forefront, those who that are really making some moves in the industry. And we have another brother that, that's going to share some quality content with us and some insights on today. Come from Humble Beginnings. He's a Detroit native. You know, I'm from Chicago. He's from Detroit. So we're cousins, you know, without uh, even knowing each other. You know, we were just kind of talking about that before we got started here. So I really want to welcome Brian Adamson to the show. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing well. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you for having me. Sounds good, man. So for those who don't know you, man, give us some background. Who is Brian? Let's start even before we get into real estate. Give us some background yeah. about you. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, as you mentioned, you know, from Detroit, you know, come from a blue collar family. My dad was a firefighter for 30 years for the city of Detroit. My mom was a cashier at a grocery store for 25 years. So really no entrepreneur background at all. Always had an affinity for making money. And, you know, unfortunately in my early years, that drove me down some paths that, that weren't so ideal. You know, was hustling in the streets and my, my senior year in high school, I was 17, looking at a four to 10 year felony, you know, had a full ride academic scholarship to college, which I messed that up going into my freshman year. Well, well, uh, let's, let's, let's be real. Let's be raw, Brian, because I always like to share my story. Yes, I was in the streets, never got the felony tag. Similar to you, I was by the grace of God was able to get out of everything. I mean, I've been in, you know raids, everything like that, jumping out of second story windows because, you know, as young black men, sometimes you want that quick cash and you yeah. seeing others getting that quick cash. So you think this is the way to go. So kind of without really digging into it, you know, I don't want to get too personal, but what happened? Yeah. So, you know, to your point, man, grace of God. I, so at that time, you know, I was graduating high school. I was fighting this case, kicked out the house. My now wife, then girlfriend also got pregnant. So by the time I turned 18, I had a baby on the way kicked out the house, fighting a four to 10 year felony and kicked out of school. And so, but at that same time, I found my way back to church. 
And I gave okay. my life to Christ. I got baptized during that, during that kind of moment of purgatory. And while I didn't fully understand what that meant, he did. And for me, it was just getting fire insurance because I knew I was in a dark place yeah. and I believed enough. You know what I mean? And, and for him, he started working on things. That case I ended up getting probation and he got a sponge because of the age that I was. So I never got Perfect. the money tag officially. My now then girlfriend, now wife of 14 years, been together 20. That worked out. We, we got an 18, well, just turned 19 year old who just got her first investment property while she's in college in Connecticut. Congrats, uh, man. Congrats. Yeah, appreciate that. And and when I got rematriculated back into college is where I found real estate in 2006. Okay. Um, looking for something legitimate to do that was tangible, that made sense to me. It had z big zeros behind it. And a buddy of mine was flipping houses in Detroit. Back then, as you know, stated income loans were at all time high. Anybody that had a post and wanted a mortgage could get one. And these people weren't financially savvy. So I would put up my refund checks in college to cover their down payment. When he flipped him the house, he'd give me a return on my investment. And that's, right, that's so on, I got started on. from a seven thousand dollar refund check. Yeah. So let's go back. Let's go back. You put <laughs> you put a lot up in there, man, because a lot of people, that's the first thing they say is, man, I don't have no money. I can't get started. You know, you gotta have big dollars to get into real estate. You took instead of taking your book, you took your book money. You know, instead of going to buy books and everything like that for those and Jordans and all the other stuff that everybody buy with fund checks. Yep. You you use that seven thousand dollars and started basically a private lending fund. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without without any knowledge, you know, not knowing anything. You like, okay, I got this 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 Pell Grant money, this the student loan money. I'm gonna flip that and let this guy use it so I can really get into the industry. Yes, sir. So so let me ask you this, man. All right. So this was your buddy that was doing a real estate with you, right? Or yeah. he, he got you into it. Yeah. Could you really trust him with your $7,000, man? Because I know being a young college cat, $7,000, man, is just like having $7 million. So it's, it's one of those things where God is the master economist. So yeah. the same energy that I had in the streets taking certain type of risks, I was like, I'm not even risking my life in this situation. It's just some money. So my my outlook on money and what it took to make money was different than most, as, as I'm sure you can appreciate the same thing, because where we come from, we we grow accustomed to taking risks that most risk adverse people just won't do. Yep. I had an enough affinity and a bond with him, although I was green to the space I was walking into. I just saw the upside and, and you know, with faith, I just took the step. Just jumped all in. Just jumped, jumped all, all in. in. And that's what I try and tell a lot of people that I work with, man. Sometimes you just you just got to jump in. You want to sit there and you want to analyze it. You want to say, okay, got this $7,000. This is all I have. Got a new baby. Got a you know girlfriend. And I'm thinking about marrying and all of this kind of stuff. I can use this $7,000 for a lot of stuff. This is, <laughs> hey, this is rent for seven months, eight months. Really? You real. know, <laughs> you know, thinking about it that way. But- at some point, guys, you get to the point where you're at that crossroads is I have to make this tough decision. And you was like, hey, to me, it wasn't a tough decision. I got this $7,000. I need to do something with it. I want to make it grow because I got that hustle mentality and you knew the person to put it with. That's right. That's right. And he had a track record too. To right. Like I saw him, I saw the way he was moving. He was an older cat. You know, he was, I was 22 at the time. He probably was 40. You know what I mean? So he was a little more established and I trusted him, you know, and uh, from there, I just I, I started buying my own rental property because I was like, if these people could get houses with no income, stated income, 
I'm in college, but I got enough credit to where I could go and do it. So I bought three rental properties while I was still in college. And then I, I built a new construction home in 2007 okay. at the top of the market. Ignorance is expensive and we can't afford it, right? I was ignorant to what was going on, being opportunistic. So we moved into this beautiful house when we graduated college. Um, but we were at the top of the market and we were exposed like everybody else in 2008. Okay. We contracted. So in college, got your private lending fund. You bought three rental properties, right? Okay, that's, that's, I mean, and you saying this stuff like, ah, you know what, I'm in college, I just bought three rental properties, da da da, da. You know, sometimes when you're in college, man, it's hard to get, get a place to rent, yeah. you know, but you're going out and you're buying properties. So you, you're making moves at an early age, you know. So what happened with the rental properties? Why did you say, you know, instead of me just going to getting this new build, why say I'm going to get into these rental properties? I always believe that I needed to have some income coming in before I went and bought the expenditure, which was mm -hmm. my primary residence, albeit, you know, new construction home and all that good stuff. But I, I, I believed in getting the investments first before buying the, the liability. There you go, guys. So, you know, that's one of my key foundations is always assets over liabilities. Get those assets, let those assets pay for those liabilities, not the other way around, not getting the liabilities first and then you're breaking your neck to try and get out there and make these mortgage payments, rental payments and things like that. Okay. What was next, man? So um, I, I went to work in corporate America. I got my engineering degree and I didn't, I didn't really think I was going to go work, I, but in 2008, that kind of shook me. So I was, cause I didn't understand what was going on. I was buying stuff and I was being opportunistic, but I wasn't educated. And, gotcha. you know, so I was like, okay, I, I need to have a solid base to operate from. So I went to work in corporate America and I just did the rental thing for, oh, I'm sorry. I missed a very important point. So in 2008, when I was upside down on everything. Yeah. Um, lost over this. Yeah, I know, right? I did, <laughs> I did. I did deed and lose on some of the stuff. I did a deed and lose on my primary, and then I did short sales, which weren't popular back then. They took forever in a day, seven to ten months to get get done. But I got a couple of those done as well. So I was able to kind of maneuver through, you know, being upside down on. But then, although I was credit stricken, I was cash. I was in a good place of liquidity from all the lending that I was doing. Okay. So from 2008 to 10, you know, as you know about Detroit, you know, the, the, the market bottomed out. I bought over 20 rental properties during that time from 2008 to 10. So I was 24, 25, working in corporate America, making another 8, 10 grand a month for my cash flow portfolio. But again, just being opportunistic, but still not educating myself. Just had enough common sense, yep, yep. you know what I'm saying? And, but I didn't prepare for the big days when the roofs needed work, when the HVAC needed. And so I, I was left not having a lot of reserves and needing to do all this work. Now, okay. it's funny so, because- So hold on for one second, ahead. Brian. Okay. So so guys, one thing Brian didn't set aside, and I always like to make sure you guys have that. He didn't have those CapEx expenditures set aside. Yep. It's, it's good to get in the property, but you also got to set some of that cash flow aside for the roofs, the AC, being in Detroit, got to have the heaters going, you know, pipes may freeze and bust, things like that. So you got to have those CapEx expenditures, you know, set aside. So you learn from that. 100%, 100%. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you intimated that piece too, Mark, because that's important. And so when it left me in a situation where, although I was a de facto private lender when I started, I didn't think when I got into these situations needing tens of thousands 
that I could have went and found somebody to partner with because my peer group where I come from, that just wasn't the case. Wasn't I was the enigma doing stuff. Right. I was still in my peer group, but I was operating outside my peer group. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody and, looking at you like, what is Brian doing? How is Brian moving? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that ain't nothing against them. They just, we just had different aspirations. Right. You know, right. so I was I was just blind to the fact that instead of going to get help in the form of a partner, I ended up selling off most of my portfolio in the down market. 2013, mm. 2015, the market hadn't recovered. Sell, sell, sell. I just couldn't couldn't carry the properties. You know what I mean? And so, and I refused to be a slumlord. So I'm like, I'll just liquidate them before I do that. Right. And okay. so, you know, got to a place where I felt stagnant, you know, had a little bit of cash flow coming in, but going to work, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start flipping houses. Okay. So at one point, so you're going, you're going from the passive income because normally this is the, the track that everybody wants. And guys, I'm going to tell you, no matter how much you see the glitz and the glamour of wholesaling, fixing, flipping, you know, all of that kind of stuff. The ultimate goal is the passive income because 1000%. everybody want to sit on their butt and they want to get the mailbox money. They want sit on my butt top of the month. I know I got eight, 10, 15 grand coming in a month without me even doing anything. But you, you, you went from the passive income to the active income. Yeah, so. I did it backwards. <laughs> I did it backwards. And but, so, but, but that's key um, for everybody to understand because you can make those mistakes and leverage those mistakes and still be successful in the end. And that's one thing that I want everybody to understand, you know, is that, you're gonna get in this, you're gonna get in this industry, you're gonna make mistakes. It's just what you do and how you overcome those mistakes is really separates the successful from those who give up. Mm. Sorry, Brian. That's I didn't a mean sound bite. No, right. that's a sound bite, bro. That's <laughs> man. Yeah, amen, brother. So yep. uh, you know, I, I get to this place and I'm like, I'm about to start flipping houses. So one of the first properties that I bought. And lost. I, I was able to get it back when the market contracted. And so I bought it cash and I did a cash out refinance on it nine years later or eight years later. It had built up in equity over time. So I, I equity stripped it. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? I'm about to start flipping houses. I went and got a pre-approval from Lima One Capital. Um, okay. It's not out them out, but it just came out that mm -hmm. way. And I was ready to go. Thank God. For the first time in my life, I saw an infomercial about mentorship and like, you know, real estate network, et cetera. Okay. I know a lot of people probably think I'm, I'm, but where I come from, the only thing that I knew about seminars was Primerica and, you know, it was, it was right, all that right, period. Right. So where we, we just don't identify with we, that. Right. So we just don't get with it. But you, but you've been, you've been in the industry for some years now. For eight years at this point. Yeah. Without any education, you just out here just moving, you know. Behind the scenes, it's like, hey, I don't know it, but I'm going to get out here and we're going to make it happen. Exactly. Even to the point where I done went and got a hard money loan. You know what I mean? Got a pre-approved for a hard money loan, but didn't know how to flip houses. Done some, I was in real estate, but I didn't spe specifically get educated on that sector of, of okay. doing business, right. right? So finally, man, and, and this is a key point too, I want people to really embrace I was working in corporate America. I was, I, was in, I was in charge of a very large book of business for this plastics company. This particular day that I had to go to this free seminar, the worst thing happened. One of our top customers, we had a customer complaint in a tune of, to the tune of a couple hundred thousand. And I was trying to sink my teeth into it, but I had to go to this seminar. And I remember mm -hmm. going into my boss office and I told him, I was like, this is how far I didn't got. 
but I, I got something that I got to do. And he looked at me like I had four heads. And I say that to only say this. There's going to be points in time in your life where the job, the this, the that, something always going to be in the way. But when you get clear about your destiny and where it is that you're trying to go, you're going to have to make those difficult decisions and live with it and just have faith and trust God. Right. And that's what I did. So I went to the thing, parlayed the free event to the three day thing. So I was a perfect I, for number one. I did the cash. I refinanced. So I had the money. in the So bank. you got you got the money. Sitting I got there. the money. <laughs> then I'm then I'm the green guy who I'm loving the experience. I don't know what they doing because I've never been to one of these before. So right, I'm the right. perfect. I'm the perfect the emotions them, is right? high. <laughs> you know, high five and everybody <laughs> like, oh yeah, right, I like it. Yeah. Right. So, but I saw opportunity. See, people see, I tell people this price is only the issue in the absence of value. There you go. I saw the value. So when they came back at lunchtime and said it's gonna be 40 grand, while everybody started getting up and leaving, I was like, hold on, I've been doing this for eight years on my own and see how far I've gotten. Like you, you mean to tell me I, it's other people out here that want to do the same stuff that I do that are actually partner with me and help me do it? Right. It's a no brainer. So I could go spend this 40 grand and try to do a flip on my own, or I can invest this in myself and bet on myself as I have been doing all my life and get myself in an incubator of individuals that can help me get to where I'm trying to go. It was a no brainer. So not only did I leverage that, it's like another 20,000. For the accelerated, whatever. So my wife credit, my credit, and the cash, I pushed it all to the center of the tape. Man, all in. You all in. in. All it was not popular at the crib. Trust me. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> but it was mandatory and I knew better. So within my first seven months of learning how to flip houses, I went out and raised a million dollars in private money from strangers. Right. Oh. My business plan was six to eight acquisitions a quarter. I was killing that through quarter, quarter three. I think I ended up at around 22 flips that first year. But while I was printing money at first, I started running into infrastructure problems. Okay. Right. And with that, you know, contractors being the Achilles heel of our businesses, as everybody should know. Let me ask you this real quick, Brian, okay. not to cut you off. A lot of people think that money is the issue. Mm. And we haven't talked about this. This is this is completely you know, off script. Is money really a problem when you get into real estate? It's not. I actually, I just did a live before this to talk about it's never enough. Yep. It's never going to be enough. And God blesses order and stewardship. So regardless of what your financial situation is today, until your posture changes that you're grateful for what you have and you start to create margin, if you make 50K a year and you your expenditures are $48,000 a year, then that's not an income problem. That's a stewardship problem. Yep. You got to go back and reverse engineer. How did you get to this situation? And once you can fundamentally start making those changes and start making deposits incrementally into your future, God will come and bless the rest. He'll make the provision, but you got to start changing the behavior. So no, money is not the issue. Not at all. And and, and it's, it's key that you said that about stewardship because that's where a lot of the responsibility is because you can have a lot but if you don't manage that lot, you can't get anything. So I always tell people, you know, you got to be able to manage the little. The only thing you have, and, and let's 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 look at this, man, because all throughout the Bible, and I ain't trying to preach, but you know, man, me and you are both believers. Yes, God always start with the little. He give you a little, 
And he going to see how you manage that little. Until you can manage that little, he's not going to bless you with anything else. But once you manage that little, he going to multiply it. Boom, boom, boom. And you're going to look around and you're going to say, man, I got this from this little seed. And people won't won't believe the story. They won't. They won't because they just refuse to try it that way. I tell people that we... We try to fix one bottleneck and create another one. So you already don't have money, but then you will put that ancillary money into scratch-offs and playing a lottery and gambling otherwise, and you furthering your already bad situation, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, right? Instead of just dialing it back, trusting God, holding him accountable to his word that he teaches, and I'm not trying to preach either, but it's just how I live my life. Exactly. And, and watch him work, man. We got to stop playing God in our lives and putting these borders and constraints around what we're capable of mm-hmm. and just and being clear about this. My vision, I wrote it down, made it plain as he told me, and I'm trusting him and I'm going I'm to be a good steward over what I got because small hinges open big doors. There you go. There you go, man. That's 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 excellent. So, God, Brian, Brian made it plain and simple. Money is not your issue. That ain't as it. long as long as you're a good steward of what you have, you're gonna increase and you're gonna overflow. But That's now right. one of one of the main issues is contractors. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and I got a PhD in dealing with them. What happened was my business was scaling, and I had some key people that I thought were there long term. I was green again at dealing with contractors on this level. While they were performing in some areas, I didn't understand all of the various nuances that it take dealing with these guys. And so long story short, as I start having shortfalls, 10, 20,000 here and there, well, you extrapolate that out over having 10 deals going at once, um, right. that number add up. And in result, I lost a half a million dollars in that process. Wow. And I tell people, man, like I knew God before, but I got to know God during that time because most people had never seen a half a ticket, much less been in position to lose it and still here to talk about it. And he started showing me things about stewardship, about myself, and he used that as a teaching moment and a birthing place to my now mentorship program, which I'll get to. But Mm -hmm. during that time, I learned how to really dial it back and get to root cause analysis versus just creating these workaround. As a matter of fact, to your point, Mark, I think money can be the biggest detriment to people. I had enough money to where it made me dangerous to where I was able to mask some of these issues that I had as opposed to just dealing with them at the root cause of it. And so, you know, during that, that, that time, God started sending the right people in my life and helped me to put the infrastructure in place and put something solid together. We're on the other side of it. We're able to make a couple million, but it took to go through that and to endure that loss to, to put me in position to do so. And so now just to kind of fast forward, help people internationally, you know, get started in real estate. We got students in four countries, you know, teach them fix and flip, wholesale cash flow, how to do it remotely because that came, that became my default strategy living here in Orlando. I've been investing in Detroit the last 10 years. Let me ask you about that, Brian. And I don't mean to, no, no, no. but man, you, you, you giving some good points because what you're doing, I'm doing also, you're in Orlando investing back in Detroit. I'm in Phoenix investing back in Chicago. So for somebody because some of these markets are super elevated. Like me, I'm in I'm in Phoenix. If you don't have a 500 grand, you you're not getting in there. I'm in Orlando, so same same same, same situation, yeah. you know. So people now they think that okay, out of state investing is something new, is something creative. Everybody want to do it, but no, that's just a project of pivoting. That's you know, right. Because I was here, I was investing in Phoenix, and I was like, man, my dollars is not going as far as they used to. 
let me look back to the Midwest because I know, hey, the Rust Belt, Midwest That's may right. not get much appreciation, but you're going to cash flow all day. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> you know, so and we, and we try and tell people about, you know, the cash flow opportunities. So what were some of like the roadblocks or some of the things that you teach, you know, in, in your platform about investing, you know, out of state? Yeah, I think you only as good as your infrastructure. And although I, I say I teach it remotely, these principles and practices even work in your backyard. You know, if you want to, it's essentially learning how to replicate yourself in the marketplace without you physically having to be there. And so for me, even in Florida, the stuff that I did, which I, me like you, I was like, man, the margins just, it's not good enough, you know, yep. um, for my time, right? And right. that's another right. value proposition. You know, I teach them, number one, you got to get really good at identifying and running comps, right? You got to get mm -hmm. really, really good at that and determining your value because we make our money when we buy. If you don't evaluate the property properly, then you fail before you start. Right. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's good to especially invest in in other markets to not just take your buyer agent word for it. Right. It's incumbent upon you to, to contact several of the agents in that market and say, listen, you know, I potentially may have you list this property that I'm about to flip. What's your opinion on that? Yep. Let them give you a non-bias because they don't want to got to list it. So they're not going to overinflate the number because mm -hmm. they're going to be on the hook for that. Whereas right. your buyer agent, they got a vested interest in you purchasing it. So yeah, they can, they may tell you a blow ARV, right? So so that's one of the first things. The second thing is you got to have a strong project manager in another market, right? That 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 can be your eyes and ears in your absence. And then right after that, you got to be able to hold the con contractors accountable. And while legal docs and all of those things are great, and we even give those to our students, it's really fundamentally about controlling the money. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And making sure you're paying them in arrears based on work completed after a small deposit and, and really coaching them through the process, taking the guesswork out, giving them your choices. Don't let them run wild and try to figure out what to put into your property. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, and it's really infrastructure that because that's where I lost my money from not having solid infrastructure in place. Okay. Well, let's do this. Let's take a brief break, Brian. And when we come back, let's talk about how you find those key team members you know, when you're, when you're investing remotely. So let's take a brief break, hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with Brian Adamson. Finding real estate deals can be a challenge, but with Batch Leads, it doesn't have to be. Batch Leads has created a one-stop solution for all your real estate needs. So you can find more sellers, close more deals, and maximize revenue. Batch Leads offers a comprehensive suite of lead-generating tools that cover text messaging, skip tracing, finding comps, and much more. Batch Leads help you simplify, manage, and organize all your data in one place. Batch will help you stack your lists and identify properties that appear on multiple lists and have multiple distress indicators. These sellers are likely to be highly motivated and eager to sell. Get the most powerful and complete lead generation platform in the industry. Locate sellers, buyers, and lenders nationwide in seconds. Go to Batchly.io and use promo code We Love Equity. All right, guys, we are here with Brian Adamson. He hails from Detroit, but he's currently in Orlando, Florida, and he teaches quite a bit. And he teaches about remote investing, virtual wholesale and virtual flipping, virtual apartments, things like that. So, Brian, going back to what we was talking about. How do you build a team remotely if you're in Florida? And let's just say 
you're from Detroit, but let's just say if you're trying to build a team in Chicago, yeah. how, what, what are some of the steps? What are some of the things that you look for in order to make sure you got the right players in the right seat? Yeah. You know, it's, it's really a numbers game, right? Whenever you're fishing in a new pond, you really have to take the time. And most people try to cut this corner, but they shouldn't. I, I advise my students to call 20 to 30 agents in whatever market they want to work in, cold calling them, you know, and, and pulling out two to three that you think are viable mm -hmm. because, you know, you ain't got time for your business to stifle because one of them on vacation or the other one not sending you comps fast enough. Identify two to three of them and then figure out their strengths and weaknesses. And then from there, you can typically leverage that initial point of contact with the realtor to then find you a project manager, yep. right? And or contractor. So sometimes that realtor, if they're, they're capable, could almost be that de facto project manager until you find somebody more viable to put in Absolutely. place. They got a vested interest in making sure that project is successful because they think they got the listing on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. And if you can walk them through and say, okay, this week we supposed to, you know, we got a Gantt chart, this is the scope of work. This is what we're doing this week. Be very deliberate in telling them what to look for. And all they got to do is take photos and report back to you. It's not that difficult. But the, the catalyst to it all is you got to be educated. Right. All of this stuff is hard if you're not educated. Like the best investment you can make in yourself is first getting educated. Mm -hmm. While I fumbled around and had marginal success for eight years, if I could go back, and I know this was one of the questions at the, toward the end, but if I could go back and redo anything, it would have been to get educated sooner. Okay. Because a, a lot of people, you know, they hear, well, the best teacher is experience. While that is, that is correct. But sometimes you don't want to go through those experiences. Why go through those negative experiences? Why lose, you know, a half a million dollars? Why not contact Brian and say, hey, Brian, look, this is what I'm going through. I don't want to make those mistakes. I don't want to have those losses. What do I need to do to put in play in order to ensure that, I, that I'm insulated from those losses? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's to your point, Mark. And and I one thing that I do is have people put down their goals before I work with them, right? And my whole thing is this. When you're looking at ch generational wealth, changing trajectory of your family, if, you, if those goals are true to you, then it's incumbent upon you to go and do it the right way. Why would you go out and fumble an opportunity? For most people, they don't recover from that first L that right. they take. Right. And then they get a bad taste in their mouth and think that the whole thing is flawed. It's a scam. And it's like, no, you just didn't do it right. And the result mm -hmm. of that, now you're out of business when you could have went and got the, the right knowledge. I mean, people don't second guess going to college for something that they don't even know what the job yeah. is going to be. Yep. Yep. So why would you treat this any different? And you know specifically what you're going to do. You're mm -hmm. going into real estate investing. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm like you, you know, I, I started and it's, it's, funny because we have so many parallels because I've been doing this for nine years and mm -hmm. I just started getting educated with the team and having that that cohort around me because although I wasn't stumbling and failing and tripping because I had some people that went a little bit before me and I can ask them but really having that team around me that's that's having massive su success and showing me some of my areas of deficiencies I didn't have that and now since I have that, I'm starting to see things just pick up and escalate, you know, extremely fast. Man. So to say all of that, guys, get educated. I don't care who you get educated from, but make sure you vet, you know, that teacher, that instructor, you know, ask them, hey, what are you doing? That's a great question. <laughs> 
you know, because there's a lot of people out here that are on Instagram saying they doing all of this kind of stuff, walking other people's properties. Hear me, hear me, walking other people's properties and giving notes about their properties as if it's theirs. So, guys, just make sure you do your homework. Yeah. And, and just to piggyback that, Marcus, if I can, everything in life, if you want to be successful, it goes through these four steps. Desire, education, practitioner, expert. And to your point, it's so many people out there with the desire and they skip into being an expert on Instagram. They've never, they've never gotten an education mm-hmm. and they've never been a practitioner, right? And then you got other people that go desire education and because they read it in the book, they think they can teach you. That don't qualify you as an expert either. If you haven't been through the fire and had the, and run all these reps that me and Marcus have run, it's just certain mm-hmm. stuff that regards to how many books you read, you would never know what we know. Yeah, you, you, you don't have the understanding of waking up at four o'clock in the morning and saying, man, I just don't understand this. Man. What do I got to do? Dropping to my knees, like, okay, let me go in the other bedroom. <laughs> okay, God, I need you to tell me something because I just don't know. I don't have the answers, Jeez. you know. And and if you haven't went through that, man, just just be prepared not to scare you, not to instruct, instill fear or anything like that, but just so you're aware that a- that adversity will come, but you have to overcome those, that adversity. And That's the right. best way to overcome that adversity is by having someone that went before you that can talk to you about those adverse conditions that you're that you're facing. Absolutely, bro. So tell us. Tell us, Brian, education, man. I Flip University. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so I Flip University is uh, our online on-demand platform, which gives you all the curriculum on how to fi- flip flip houses remotely, wholesale remotely, cash flow remotely, how to set up all the infrastructure for all three uh, facets of investing, how to create tax shelters for yourself, how to raise money, everything. And then I have my apprenticeship program, which is still the core curriculum of iFlip, but then it's one-on-one mentorship with myself. And, and then you're a part of a network of investors who lend money to each other. They partner with each other, joint venture. It's your resource center, you know? So you get me as your navigation system, and then you got the network as your resource center. Okay. Let me ask you this real quick. And we're going to come back to iFlip because I left some some time at the end in order for us to talk about it. Okay. What are you currently doing or what are your st- students currently doing in order to find deals? Let's just say if they want to wholesale or fix and flip, because you got to, you know, wholesaling and fix and flip, they kind of marry to each other. One is just the art of finding the deal. So what are you, what strategies are you guys using, you know, in order to find deals, especially some so, of these hotter markets? So, and this is going to blow your mind, bro. But so we, so we teach wholesaling from two different ways. We teach off market, which I think most people are probably most familiar with is the sexy mm-hmm. topic in our industry. But we also teach wholesale from the MLS. Like I recently had a student in Denmark who's never been to the States, had an agent send him a property in Detroit. They, this thing was listed for like 89000 He got it locked up. He worked through the price reduction. He got it down to seventy four. He put it out in our mentorship group at 93 One of our other students, Claudina in New York, raised the capital, bought it as a flip, no money out of pocket. He made 19000 on his wholesale from the MLS in Denmark. He ain't never been to the right. state, right? Now, she's she's finishing up the flip right now and stand to make 25 30 k and she raised the money for the deal. So 
80% of our students are still finding deals on the MLS, bro. They wow. just they're negotiating and they're prudent about not buying market or over market, market mm-hmm. right? And so they've been able to work these various channels and getting the pricing down. Even myself, I bought maybe three apartment buildings in the last 90 days on two weeks. I'm closing on another 20 unit and I got them all off LoopNet. Wow. See, you know, and, and, and most people, guys, if you don't know about LoopNet, what do they always say, Brian? There's no good deals on LoopNet. There you go. LoopNet is where deals go to die. There's no good deals on LoopNet. But when you scour and you know exactly what to look for, you know, you have to have that, that mind's eye of knowing what to look for. When you know what to look for, you'll find those opportunities. You'll, you will definitely find those deals. Absolutely. And, and, and the reason you, you got to get good at running comps and knowing your numbers is because just because it's not a deal as it's advertised don't mean you can't make it one. Mm-hmm. I'm closing on a 20 unit in two weeks. They had it out there at eight, almost 900. And I got them down to 725 after my inspection. Right. So you, you create the deal you want and right. you got to be and you got to be OK with if you can't get the number down there. Yeah. And, and you have to look at a lot of deals, you know, you in order to find that one. You know, don't yeah. think that, OK, once I hop on LoopNet or hop on the MLS, I see something that's five grand below market and you think that's automatically a deal. Right. So right. That comes in with the education that you were talking yeah. about, you know, and having yeah. that network and even going back to your guy in Denmark, your student in Denmark, that's excellent. You know, so that's right. a deal sitting there on the MLS that you guys really pull 50 K out of, Exactly. you know, give or take, exactly. you pull 50 K out of it and think of how many people looked at that deal, glossed over that deal. Nah, I'm not going to do that. It fell out of contract twice. There it is. There it is. So guys, with the proper education and having a proper perspective, you'll be able to find these deals no matter what market that you're in. And I think the biggest impediment for most people, Marcus, is they stay married to a a, a particular area for too long, mm-hmm. right? And because of comfort. And, right. and I'm glad that we've afforded ourselves the ability to go and do things elsewhere. I had a student in Miami. He had done two flips down there, was successful. He went four months stagnant. And I kept telling him, like, bro, your business can't survive like this. Right. He finally got over the fear. He bought one place in Muskegon, Michigan, small little area right. on the way to Chicago. Yep. And he bought three more properties up there within like a, a 45-day period. But it just took for him to pivot and go elsewhere. And I think people just, they, they run dry from just saying, you know what, my market is dried up. I, I can't find anything. Mm-hmm. And they refuse to go elsewhere. It's all real estate. It's all construction. It's all fundamentals that if you learn the fundamentals, you can apply those anywhere, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, knowing those fundamentals is essential. Very, very essential. I mean, that's key. Everything can look amazing. Like you say, he's down in Miami and he's waiting, trying to find that next deal. What if that next deal never comes? You going to stop your business? You know, and it happens every day. Now, the crazy part is, and this is why I do Momentum Monday, because I truly believe the most important thing you can have as an entrepreneur is momentum. And he goes to Muskegon. He does three deals. Now he just bought a rental property two weeks ago in Miami. See, when you Mm -hmm. when you can just focus on constantly creating momentum and putting points on the board, that area may open something may open back up. But 
when you lose your traction, it's so hard to get back going. So you got to always be looking for that lubrication to your business, which is the momentum. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and it's funny that you speak about that because I'm going through that right now. So I left Phoenix, went to Chicago, was doing tons of deals in Chicago. And now I got the opportunity to find more things here in Phoenix just out of one relationship, one connection, you know, and it's like, okay, now I'm back in my home market. So now I'm doing Phoenix, Chicago. We're looking to expand into other markets. And that's just from, like you said, that momentum, keeping yeah. that momentum going. Big, man. Okay, Brian, let's, let's put you on the hot seat, Brian. We're going to put Brian on the hot seat real quick. We got some questions we're going to ask you, Brian, and uh, we're going to get right into it. Man. So starting over, and you kind of touched on it, what would you do differently? I would definitely go out and get education. I would have stopped partying sooner, stopped drinking earlier, and I would have started seeking new relationships sooner. I think where we come from, we get married to this concept of you got to stay with the ones you started with, and that's not real life. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And that's not saying to not love the one you're with and not appreciate those relationships, but God put people in our life for seasons, reasons, and lifetimes, and we got to identify earlier in the process that this was seasonal and it's time for me to go get some new friends for a new season that can help me to get to where it is I'm trying to go in life. Mm -hmm. And it's not to abandon those old friends. It's just that you know what lane you have to put them in, you know, what area I can function with you in this area, particularly here. And I have this group over here I deal with on this level, things like that. And sometimes you can bring them all together. But, yeah. you know, for you, is just building out that network. So, guys, get out there, build out that network, go to your local RIAs, go to the meetups, right. you know, do your due diligence on who you speak with. So, Brian, next, what is one characteristic you believe every high-producing investor should have? Man, just one? Give me what you got, man. I say, I say, I say faith. Okay. I think that entrepreneurs, the most successful ones are probably the most faithful people on the planet mm -hmm. because it's, it takes a different kind of person to wake up every day and not know who's going to give them their check. Absolutely. But people that work at W2, and I did that for a while. I mean, it's just a different animal to wake up every day. And that's why when Grant Cardone said, who got my money? Like, I get it when he's saying, yeah, you wake up every day, really like who got my money? You don't know. And so you got to be a faithful person regardless of what your belief system is in order to, to sustain ride out bad cash flow times and, you know, forecast is off. Like you, you got to be a faithful person in order to get there. There you go. Okay. Faith, faith, guys, faith. Give me one good book recommendation. Outside of the Bible. I got to throw that in there. Um, yep. Everybody should read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. You guys, I took it down. I had it right up there. That was one of mine's up there, but I got it. Always notes on deck, you know, <laughs> always got to go man. back to it. That's one you can read every two, three years and be like, wow, you, it, it's something either resonates differently or you just learn something new every time you read. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I know we touched on iFlip. How can people get in touch with you if they want more information about iFlip, you know, your mentorship program and who you service, how you service them? Give us some, some nuts and bolts about iFlip. Yes, sir. So, yeah, iFlip, again, is just it's an online on-demand learning tool for people to come get comprehensive knowledge on how to go out and fix and flip, wholesale or cash flow remotely. 
how to raise capital, how to build your infrastructure, everything you need fundamentally to go out and, and have success as an investor. But and it's for, for people that may not have a lot of time, may want to go at their own pace, et cetera, et cetera. And then you keep it in perpetuity. Once you're a part of university, you stay in and you keep the curriculum thereafter. And then I have my apprenticeship program, uh, which is for people also that starting from ground zero, but that want to go somewhere sooner. Mm -hmm. Right. And I work alongside with them one-on-one. -on -one. And again, you know, I'm the navigation system. And then, you know, the, 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 the group is the resource center and you could partner with people and joint venture and all types of good stuff and continual ed. We do webinars every week, bro. Okay. I just believe in, in keeping a pulse on everybody. And we got 60, 70% of our students winning. That's a big number for education platform. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I know it's, and I know it's because of the time and the reps that we run and everybody's showing up trying to get better. So let me ask you this, Brian, how are you doing? the education, plus still making sure your business outside of the education, your flips, your rentals, everything like that is still moving successfully. It's funny because one of my investors, he asked me that the other day. I spent about 65% of my time on the education business and then about 35% on my investing. So what I've, what I've been able to do is fundamentally like I had a call with my operations team this morning on the investing side at 10 a.m., contractor, project managers. So I've been able to replicate myself by hiring and vetting good people to where I'm, I've, I've kind of removed myself from as much of the day-to-day -day as possible, but still keeping my posts through right. systems on what's going on. I, I got all the data I need at any time I need to access it, et cetera. So that affords me then to be able to spend time doing what I love most, which is pouring into my students and building those relationships and helping them the businesses that they want as well. Okay. Guys, you know it. You know, that's that's what we want you to do. do uh, we want you guys to win. Brian wants you guys to win because it's important because starting out in this industry or even pivoting to a different area within the industry, it's not easy, but as long as you insulate yourself with the right people, you can definitely be successful. So Brian, in parting, man, give us some words of encouragement for that person that's going through that three month lull or that person that's looking to get started saying, I don't have money. I don't have this, you know, in that negative mindset, how can, what's, what's some words that you can give them to pivot them and change that and give them some inspiration. So my mantra is stick to the mission, right? Okay. And I think everybody can resonate with that. First, you have to identify what's the mission. Right. And yep. once you're clear on what's the mission, then you got to stick to it. And so that's the proverbial never quit, never die. And so, you know, if you're in a three month low, but you've been consistent, then keep going. Go back and look at the data. No's are data. We got to mm -hmm. stop getting discouraged by no's. If you try to raise capital and you got five no's from five different people from five different sectors, then maybe the presentation is flawed. Yeah. Right? Maybe you need to go back and rework the presentation and how you package and deliver that conversation. If you've been submitting offers, maybe your market is stale. And if not, maybe you off by three to 5,000 that'll get you an offer accepted and then you could reverse engineer and get a price reduction out the situation. So we gotta, we gotta be intentional about what we're doing. We gotta stick to the mission and we gotta be open, honest and transparent with ourselves first and have accountability, evaluate the data, and let the data tell us what we should do next. But ultimately, you can't quit, period. There you go. Right there, guys. <laughs>
can't quit because the opportunities are out there. If you don't go and get them, somebody else will. Brian gonna go and get them. I'm gonna go and get them. Somebody, somebody's gonna go <laughs> and get them. So, Brian, I want to thank you, man. I really appreciate you being on the show on today. You gave some valuable insights and valuable content and words of encouragement for our listeners. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me, bro. It's been a joy, man. And also, I, I failed to mention, people can find me at Brian yep. underscore Adam one on Instagram, and then they can go to brian-adamson.com as well. There you go, guys. I'll make sure all of that information is in the show notes so you can reach out to Brian personally so you can get more information about what he's doing in Orlando, Detroit, everywhere else. So, Brian, thank you so much. It was a pleasure, man. It was definitely a pleasure. Big up to my book. We look forward to connecting and collaborating more in the future. So, guys, get out there, follow Brian, get connected with Brian, and see how you guys can work together. Yes, sir. All right, guys. You heard the information right there, you know, and we had a good talk before. And this brother really, really, really helped me out in some areas. So, guys, I want you to make sure that you reach out to him, you know, get connected with him. You know, he's a strong believer. He's a strong man of God, a great real estate investor. And I really want you to make sure you follow him and get connected with him, not just for what he have, you know, but also just having that genuine connection. So, all right, I'm going to leave it at that. That was Brian Adamson. Very good information about how he started, what he's doing now, how he, how he can help, you know, in the area of lead generation, you know, closing deals, getting things set up, building your team remotely so you can get into different uh, markets. So it's Marcus Maloney. You guys know what to do. Always remember to enjoy the journey and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash MRCS Maloney, Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com, also youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.